loved by criminals, politicians, tyrants, and citizens who actually believe being unarmed will keep them safe from the first three. Exercise your rights in a safe way. If you really think gun control works, you need to carry a potted plant around with you to replenish the oxygen you're stealing from all the free-thinking people out there. Politicians that infringe on our God-given rights. He calls them out. He's not here to play. Yes, let's go. Welcome to the Shooting Straight Radio Podcast. This is the podcast all about firearms, the Second Amendment, and all things pertaining thereto. And you know me, I'm Royce, your also gracious, huggable, lovable, squeezable host, still reeking of gunshot residue, toxic masculinity, and just an ever so faint and tantalizing whiff of the cologne of my people, Hops Number Nine. We got a great program in store for you, and I hope you are ready to kick some butt soon because, well, let's put it this way. It's time for us to get active and start contacting our legislators in our, in our states and up in Washington, D.C. on Capitol, I mean Capitol Hill because they need to hear from all of us. They need to be reminded readily and repeatedly that we are in charge. This is the government of, by, and for the people and not of, by, and for the elected officials. They have forgotten their public servants. And I'm not sure how I got off on that little tear right off the bat, maybe because a lot of the things that I've been reading lately in the news have been really pissing me off. So... Let's uh, back up just a little bit and have a couple of announcements before we launch into my little tirade tonight. First of all, hit patreon.com forward slash shooting straight radio podcast. If you'd like to be a sponsor of the program, you get a lot of cool stuff in exchange, not to mention first access to the podcasts. You also get content and uh, video content, especially that other people just don't get and some other fine perks there for being a sponsor, not to mention my everlasting thanks. Uh, also, we have upcoming guests coming up on the program. Matter of fact, uh, Sunday evening, I'm, I'm sorry, Saturday evening, you should be getting the next episode after this one. Uh, I'm going to have Hank Hayes. He's the CEO of OnlineAmmo.com. They are new sponsors to the program. Looking forward to having him on because he's not just a CEO. Hank is a serious instructor. He is a serious trainer. He is a very, very skilled man. He's also the inventor of the No Lie Blade. It's a training blade that is essentially, it's like a knife with a Sharpie marker all along the edge of it. It's really cool. I've had the honor of using these things in training. I will tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, if you think you're such a tough guy that you can disarm somebody with a knife, the no lie blade will prove you wrong very quickly, especially in the hands of someone like Hank Hayes. Also, Spike Cohen, if you don't know who, if you don't know who Spike Cohen is, I ran into him online on Facebook where he and I both seem to have a, a just a wonderful time 
tearing into the ATF every time they post one of their, you know, self-aggrandizing posts there and tell you, to tell you how wonderful they are and how they're protecting you and keeping you safe. And Spike just has a fantastic wit about him. He's quite a political commentator and looking forward to having him on. Also, there is a, um, a gentleman running to unseat an incumbent rhino named Buchanan down in South Florida. And the man's name is Martin Hyde. And Martin is from across the pond from the UK. And he is here now in Florida, in America. And he is loving his Second Amendment rights. And so I'm looking forward to having him on, too. Uh, I believe that's going to be, well, you know what? I'll announce the dates on Saturday because I don't have them in front of me. And I wasn't smart enough to bring my stinking calendar to the program. As I told you, Hank Hayes, the CEO of OnlineAmmo.com. If you go to OnlineAmmo.com, Check out, they've got firearms, they've got optics, ammunition especially, and, uh, and, a, and a bunch of other accessories there for all of you firearms enthusiasts. And uh, matter of fact, when Hank comes on Saturday evening and you hear him after the podcast, that, that podcast is launched, then you're going to get, matter of fact, there's a link in the episode pages. Every, everywhere you will see the onlineammo.com link there on the episode description page click that there's special deals in there for shooting straight radio podcast listeners and so just you can find it there click on it there and check out what they've got there at onlineammo.com let's get into things because you know i like to you've heard me beef and moan about uh, having to lease my right back from the state, a right that I was born with. I have to lease that back from the state in the form of a permission slip, and it and it's a perishable permission slip. It, it requires renewal every seven years. Not sure exactly why. What happens once the, once the permit expires? Do all of my sensibilities go out the window? Uh, what is it about that card that makes me such a responsible keeper and bearer of arms? Uh, you already know the answer. Nothing. Now, in Wisconsin, where, which was recently highlighted in the news with Mr. Uh, uh, what's his name? Almost called him, <laughs> called him Kyle Kenosha, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, for, uh, when he had to defend himself there in Kenosha against a child raping pedophile and a couple of other communists there. And they messed around and they found out. And... Um, Wisconsin is now in the news again, and this one is for how they're treating a man who defended himself with a firearm. And a matter of fact, they didn't press charges on him for using his firearm to defend himself and a few other people in the process. No, they arrested him for something else. And gee, I bet you can't tell by my tone what that might be. Well, here's the article. It's an article by a man named Brian Armstrong. Good guy with a gun charged for carrying without a permit after justified self-defense shooting. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> follow me on this. Says last November, a man legally shot a woman in self-defense, and he recently got his award from the state of Wisconsin. Mary Wilson was involved in a melee outside of a gas station in Green Bay, Wisconsin, last November when she tried to shoot at a group of women who women, I'm sorry, who were fighting. 
A bystander named Jaylene Edwards told police that he was observing the situation and he was in fear that Wilson would start shooting everyone when she retrieved a gun and began to wave it around. He then drew his handgun and fired multiple shots, killing Wilson. A Brown County District Attorney press release issued last month said the physical altercation seemed to largely involve female combatants, some of whom were in possession of weapons that appeared to be bats, brass knuckles, and pepper spray. All right, first of all, a little sidebar here. Guys, don't ever presume that you might not have to shoot a woman in self-defense. Some of these women are pretty dangerous, especially if they've got firearms and they're waving them around and pointing them at other people and or yourself. Back to the article. In his statement, Edwards stated that he had seen Wilson get a gun, rack and load it, in other words, rack the slide, and then wave the pistol around and point the gun at him. Edwards stated that he was giving her the benefit of the doubt, up until that point, obviously. Edwards stated that at this time, some of the females were still fighting. Edwards stated Wilson began to point the gun at the girls who were fighting and everyone else standing around. Edwards stated that he removed his weapon from his right hip, took aim, removed the safety, and, and fired an unknown number of times. You say, well, how can he not know how many times he shot? Uh, I assure you, in the heat of the moment, you won't remember. I've done a lot of training on police-grade simulators, and they put you under some good stressors before you go in there. And I'm going to tell you, it's not easy to remember how many shots you fired, especially when you're concentrating on a threat and concentrating on putting that threat down. You don't know how many shots. You don't care how many shots it takes, I assure you. Edwards stated he wanted to protect himself and everybody else in the area as he was scared for his life and everyone else's life. Edwards stated he was in fear that Wilson would start shooting everyone. Based on Edwards' voluntary statements to police following the shooting, Brown County District Attorney David Lassie concluded the evidence backed up Edwards' claim of justifiable self-defense, so no charges would be filed against him in Wilson's death. However... Ten days later, Edwards was charged with carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. Mm. Shame on you, Mr. Edwards. You didn't get the state's permission before you actually carried a gun to defend yourself. The criminal complaint against Edwards indicates that Detective Jason Leake asked Edwards about the Smith & Wesson 40 caliber handgun. Edwards indicated he had bought it two weeks prior for protection. Edwards stated the gun was on his right hip and was concealed under his coat. Edwards also stated he does not have a concealed, wep a, a concealed carry weapon permit. The original complaint states that on November 16, 2021, at about 3.45 p.m., Detective Leake reports Edwards arrived at the Green Bay Police Department and spoke with investigators. There's no mention of Edwards having an attorney with him at the time. If there's a lesson here, it's that you should never talk to the police unless you have your attorney present, period. And that is good advice. The DA deemed Edwards' actions justifiable, but now... He's the one defending himself in court. Again, you want to know why? Because Mr. Edwards had the unmitigated audacity to freely exercise a right he was born with without first paying for permission to do so to the state of Wisconsin. That's what he did. 
Why, shame on you, Mr. Edwards. Didn't you know that the state is the is, is your also gracious and benevolent benefactor and grantor and dispenser of your God-given rights? You didn't know that? Yes, God abdicated that to the state. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm sure you can s- smell the sarcasm coming through your speaker right now, however, however you're listening to this program. In prosecuting this man, you know, you understand what they're really saying? They're saying, oh, so you shot her in self-defense. That's good. But you didn't have the right to. You didn't have the right to keep and bear arms. You didn't have the right to carry that forty caliber Smith & Wesson. You didn't have the right to defend yourself in public with a firearm without our permission. That is what they are saying. How else, what else can you deduce from this? Huh? Again, you know, I love asking those rhetorical questions. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they're saying. Oh, so, you, oh, yes, that's a great shelf. You know, you did a, you did a good job. You did everything within the confines of the law. Uh, it, was a, it was a justifiable shooting, justifiable homicide, uh, justifiable homicide. Oh, oh, wait, what? You didn't have a permit? Oh, well, uh, well, we got a problem then. You know, they knew good and stinking well he was no danger to the public. And the proof that they knew this can be seen in the fact that they waited 10 days to charge him for not leasing his right back from the state. Why would you wait 10 days if he was actually a danger? They knew he wasn't a danger. They knew good and stinking well he wasn't a danger to anybody except, obviously, stupid women waving guns around and trying to shoot other people. Let that all sink in. This is this story expresses boldly the absurdity of the permitting process for the right to keep and bear arms. We're going to take a short blood pressure break while we hear about my good friends out of shootingclasses.com. Shootingclasses.com. If you are a firearms instructor, that's the only logical place to run your firearms business from. Shootingclasses.com. You can set up your page there, set up your profile, set up your classes, take payments there. Your certificates are auto-generated. Rosters are auto-generated. And also sends emails out to your students before the class, reminding them at least a week or two out, they have a class coming up. And uh, I can't find any other platform out there where it makes sense to run your business from if you're a firearms instructor. Everything's right there. Even, even if you want to print your financial reports come tax time, it's all right there at shootingclasses.com. If you're a student, uh, set up an account out there and you get matched up with some serious, serious firearms instructors. Men like David Boone Benton, Israel Matos, Chris Tonto Peranto, and guys like that. Bill Orndorff, Bruce Corey. Those are the guys that actually founded shootingclasses.com. It is, I'll tell you what, it's genius. And it simply doesn't make sense to try to run your business from any other platform. Shootingclasses.com. Great people out there, started by Chris Tonto, Peranto, David Boone, Benton, Bill Orndorff, Izzy Matos, and Bruce Corey. Fantastic human beings. I tell you what, great guys. Sign up there if you're a, if you're a shooting instructor or if you're on a gun range or if you're just a training junkie like yours truly here. Sign up today at shootingclasses.com. 
So for all of my listeners out in Rhode Island, are you paying attention to what's happening in your state legislature? Hmm? Oh, well, you need to be because there's some serious crap being driven your way by 10 particular Democrat communists up there in your state legislature. Mm hmm. As a matter of fact, um, there's four of them total, as I recall. And this is an article by John Crump, who is a fantastic Second Amendment stalwart. And this was an article from Ammoland.com, and I'm probably just going to read excerpts from it, but they get all the credit, and I'll let you know when I'm actually in the article so they do get the credit. It says a slew of anti-gun bills is working their way through the Rhode Island legislature. The first bill is called the Large Capacity Feeding Device Ban of 2022. That's House Bill 6614, by the way, for all of you Rhode Islanders. The bill will make it a felony for anyone caught in Rhode Island with a firearm magazine that holds more than 10 rounds. But they love that number 10, don't they? Mm -hmm. If the bill passes, a gun owner that possesses one of these magazines, get this, can face up to five years in prison or a $5,000 fine. Why? Hmm? Why? This is an inanimate object, an inanimate piece of plastic, probably, or steel, metal, whatever it is. And they're not the problem now. Why are you doing this? I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let me finish the article. Ten Democrats sponsored the bill, including Justine Caldwell, Jason Knight, and Bob Craven. So for all of you in Rhode Island listening, okay, write these names down and you tear into these people for this crap. It is currently referred to the House Judiciary, where it is expected to pass. The bill has received backing from multiple Bloomberg anti-gun groups like Moms Demand Action in Every Town for Gun Safety. How utterly shocking. Almost all gun uh, gun rights groups have opposed the bills and see them as violations of the Second Amendment. Well, because they are. The second bill, ready, is called... An Act Relating to Criminal Offenses-Assault Weapons. This bill would ban the possession, the sale, or the transfer of a so-called assault weapon. The, uh, these guns are what those in the firearms world call the modern sporting rifle. I don't call them that. I don't care if you call them assault weapons. Just, just don't give me a reason to use them, you know, like try to assault me or try to take my rights or my freedom or my assault weapons. I'm not going to play the semantics game. If for call it a modern sporting rifle is to go along with that, um, that caveat there in the Gun Control Act where it says it has to be for the gun if, if the gun serves no sporting purpose. Uh, now I ain't playing that stuff. I have every, every right to own military-grade weapons just like, the, just like the government does. So don't play that semantics game. This category of guns includes AR-15 and AK pattern firearms. The AR-15 is the most popular rifle in the United States and has been referred to as the modern American musket. The same 10 Democrats that sponsored H6614 also sponsored H6615. The bill would make the possession of certain firearms a felony. The bill does include a grandfather clause for those gun owners that already own these rifles. Oh, how gracious. Uh, I'm going to tell you something about grandfather clauses. They don't last. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The catch is that the owners will have to register the firearms with the state. Oh, really? That sounds so original. Gee, where'd y'all steal this idea from besides the communists out there in California? So let's go ahead and give these first two bills uh, the Shooting Straight Radio podcast beatdown that they deserve, and then we'll delve into the other two. First of all, I want you to think about the attitudes obviously possessed by the authors and the sponsors of these bills. I want you to, I want, I want you to just think about this. This is an attitude that, that essentially is declaring you lawful citizens cannot be trusted with high-capacity magazines or AR-15s or AK-47s or anything that holds more than 10 rounds. You can't be trusted with it. Okay, why not? Hmm? Well, I, I know what they're going to say. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bring out a particular press conference uh, that basically and essentially tells you why they're doing this. And um, again, it's the same old tired, worn out excuse for willfully assaulting the, uh, the rights of the American people. So all of you 10 Democrat communists who are in favor of this, exp- go ahead, explain, explain to me why. Why? Suddenly, these people cannot be trusted with these guns. All of these law-abiding citizens, you are going to transform them overnight into felons for simply owning an inanimate object. You're basically saying if you own this object, we're going to assume you have bad and nefarious purposes on your mind with that gun. What behavioral missteps have these people taken? What, what, what have they done? What have they committed to make you believe that they're a danger to society? What, what do you guys think that you're, that you're, you're passing laws that create instant criminals out of lawful citizens? People have, who've had no part whatsoever in any of the criminal violence of Rhode Island. Well, maybe a recent press conference uh, from back in January 11th, 2022 in Providence, Rhode Island can uh, shed a little light on this. I did a little homework on this. And this is a statement by Attorney General Peter F. Nerona, who is apparently also on this little bandwagon. He says, as too many Rhode Islanders know, there is a slow grind of, here's the liberal buzzword, gun violence playing out every month, every day in our urban neighborhoods. The causes of that gun violence are many. And while Rhode Island is faring better than most states, then why are you passing these laws? The reality is that violence is up across the country and here at home. This is why a proactive approach is so necessary. Let me translate proactive approach for you. Gun control legislation. Okay, just so you know. A proactive approach is so necessary, reflected in our partnership with police departments through our Urban Violent Crime Initiative and the overall outstanding police work of the men and women in uniform across Rhode Island. Well, what about your partnership with the United States Constitution, not to mention the necessity of you adhering to it, especially the Second and Fourteenth Amendments? Yeah, yeah. Now get this next part. Listen carefully, okay, because it's going to come into play as we go. He said our focus has to be on our urban areas. 
well, guess what? I did some homework on that, too. Most violent crime in Rhode Island, especially in Providence, is not in the urban areas. This is a bold-faced lie. The urban areas are where all the law-abiding people live with their guns. Mm-hmm. He said, our focus has to be on our urban areas where illegal guns, get that part, illegal guns, are often equipped with high-capacity magazines, and they're being used by criminals to settle scores or protect other criminal activity. I'm grateful for our partnership with law enforcement. What about your partnership with with society and the general law-abiding public? What about that? Yeah. I'm grateful for our partnership with law enforcement that allows us to move proactively and swiftly to address these threats. All right. I'd like to address the 10 Democrat communists who are opposing this bill, along with Mr. Attorney General. What's his name again? Norona. Okay. How again, how is it the fault of all the lawful citizens? How is all this gun violence you claim is happening? How is that the fault of all the lawful citizens? And why do they have to pay for the crimes of the lawless people? By sacrificing their rights to own these weapons that they acquired legally. And how is it that you actually really believe, and I know you don't, but this is just another excuse to disarm the people of Rhode Island. How can you sit there and say that you think disarming the entire citizenry of these weapons is going to make even the slightest impact on violent criminals? Violent criminals both acquiring and using these guns. Why do you think that? And I, I, I'm asking rhetorically. I know you don't think that. This is a lame excuse. Didn't the attorney general plainly state that the guns used to commit the gun violence were illegal guns used by criminals? He did state that. So why does the law-abiding public have to pay by sacrificing their rights? How dare you stinking communists even attempt to create a law that criminalizes a particular type of firearm based on the deceitful implication that anyone who owns one is a criminal in waiting and therefore has evil, lawless intentions simply because he owns it? This is a farcical excuse for disarming American citizens, those in Rhode Island in particular. Unfortunately, you scumbags are copy or copycatting California and other states, other communist occupied territories with this bill, with these bills. That's what you're doing. You're jumping on the little gun control bandwagon. You can claim it's the name, doing it in the name of public safety all you want to. Anybody with the brain of a boiled cabbage knows differently. The true, the true intent of these bills is nothing less than disarming the people of Rhode Island, period. It doesn't pass the common sense test in the least any other way. Back to the article. Rhode Island gun owners are concerned about letting the government know what firearms they own, as they should be concerned. Many in the firearms community believe that a registration will lead to gun confiscations. Well, probably because history has proven that to be a constant. Rhode Islanders, the law-abiding ones, and no, I'm not including you senators in this, are not stupid. Back to the article. Right now, the Rhode Island government doesn't know who owns these guns, and neither should they. 
I added that part. They also don't know how many of these firearms are in the state. By creating a registry, there it is. That's the other side of the coin. They want a registry. They're laying heavy on you. Okay, you got to turn these in. Oh, but if you own them now, if you just register them, then we're happy with that. Well, let me ask you something. So wait a minute. You're saying that in order to cut down on gun violence, that this has this law has to be passed immediately uh, because all these law-abiding citizens must be disarmed of their assault weapons. But, okay, we'll let you keep them if you just tell us what, where they are. Yeah. You know, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Those firearms owners that choose to not comply with the draconian law can be charged with a felony. The punishment could be a three-year sentence in prison and a $2,500 fine for simply owning a weapon that corrupt, treasonous legislators in Rhode Island fear the good people of Rhode Island possessing. They're essentially saying, as I said, if you own one of these, you have evil intentions. You know, it seems to me that the only people afraid of Rhode Islanders owning these guns are these legislators. Yes, 10 Democrat communists. Gee, I wonder why that would be. Back to the article, the same 10 Rhode Island Democrat communists have also introduced H6616. This bill will require all ammunition buyers to go through a background check. Yeah, that's really original. You stole that from California, too. This bill will ban even private transfers of ammunition. Also, you can't just, it's not just enough to ban the private transfer of a firearm. You're going to ban private transfers of ammunition, too. And how many criminals do you think are going to obey this law? Royce asked rhetorically. The bill also requires background checks on reloading supplies. So all of you guys that do your own reloading, every time you buy a thousand primers or more or whatever the case may be, or powder or other components for your reloading, you're going to have to pass a background check. Yeah. New laws on ammunition transfers have been popping up across the country. Yeah, yeah, commie see, commie do. These laws have popped up in California and have been championed by anti-gun groups. Well, duh. Gun, uh, gun rights advocates think that background checks on ammunitions are designed to add a new burden on gun owners to discourage them from buying ammo. And that is exactly right. That is exactly right. Again, I say... All of you Rhode Island gun owners out there, you need to contact your representatives and let them know that you oppose these laws and also tell them to their face, if you're speaking to them on the phone or in an email, you tell them what you are doing is a crime. You are breaking the law. You are violating the supreme law of this land. You're violating the Second Amendment. You're violating the 14th Amendment. And we're going to hold you accountable for that. Call them criminals. That's the best thing to do because they are criminals. While y'all are at it, ask them if they really believe that the only answer to criminal violence is the institution of a police state, because that's really what this is. When you disarm the people, you are creating a police state where only law enforcement officers possess the necessary firepower to combat the criminals, the real ones, 
who won't bother to abide by these new laws. They won't bother to turn their assault weapons or high-capacity magazines in. They won't care about the penalties, and they darn sure ain't going to register them. While you're at it, Rhode Islanders, send the ones who are proposing these bills a firmly worded email, like I said. You know what you should tell them? Tell them, you're, tell, them, tell them you guys are committing treason. Go ahead and use that word, because they are. They're attempting to infringe the right to keep and bear arms, which is a that's an absolute violation and an assault on the security of a free state, as stated in the Second Amendment. Tell them they're criminals for proposing these bills. They're the criminals, not you. You tell them you're just as much a criminal as the ones shooting each other with those high-capacity assault weapons. That's the best thing I can tell you to do. You hold their feet to the fire. You flat-out call them criminals because they are. I want you to understand this. This is not just some misguided attempt to curb gun violence. This is not some misguided attempt or some ignorant attempt to keep people in Rhode Island safe. This is... A calculated attempt, as I said in the last podcast, this is calculated to disarm American citizens in Rhode Island. That's all this is. It is nothing more, and it is certainly nothing less. Contact your state representatives, Rhode Islanders, and let them have it. Remind them who they work for, because they obviously forgot. Well, let's take a little break now and hear about my buddy, Anthony, out at Counter-Strike Tactical. Counter-Strike Tactical, the best little gun store in Melbourne and proud sponsors of the Shooting Straight radio podcast. Visit us at 1008 Strawbridge Avenue for all things AR-15. Stop in and see the custom AR builds by Tony Vallejo, owner and combat veteran. Plus, go-to weapons, brand rifles, AK-47s, handguns, shotguns, ammo, AR and tactical rifle accessories, and more. Tony also offers laser engraving and seracoding. So stop in at 1008 Strawbridge Avenue, the best little gun store in Melbourne. Counter-Strike Tactical. Or call 321-499-4949 and tell Tony that Roy said yes. Great guy right there, Anthony. I've known him for almost 30 years. Fantastic guy. I got to see him last Saturday on the way to go speak at the Constitutional Carry Rally in Melbourne. Make sure you tell Anthony that Royce Bart- <clears throat> excuse me, Royce Bartlett sent you and that I said, hey, now the rest of us. Here, all throughout America, listen up. I want, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more time. I know I've asked you this before. Do you have your senators and your representatives' phone numbers on your phone? You need to do that. Log their phone number and their email addresses into your contacts. And every time one of these bills comes up that, that is obviously and flagrantly unconstitutional, you tell them about it. That's the best thing, best advice I can give you. This is an article, another one from Ammo Land by um, Mr. Real, I guess he could pronounce his name. He's the editor-in-chief. And listen very carefully, all of you throughout America, all of you listening in every state. I think there's 35 states now where people are downloading this podcast. Listen to me carefully. 
because there's a, a seriously insidious bill being proposed in Congress, in our federal legislature. It's uh, Senate Bill 675, and it's, no, it's known as the NICS Denial Notification Act of 2021. So apparently it didn't get, it didn't, uh, get shoved through in 2021, and now they're going to try to shove it elsewhere in 2022. And it's gaining traction in the U.S. Senate, unfortunately. Now, those of you that have listened to this program long, you know my thoughts about the NICS system, the National Instant Check System. It is rife with failure. It is rife with mistakes. It has a minimum of a 95% failure rate when it comes to identifying prohibited purchasers. Uh, What I mean by that is 95% of the time, the person that the system says is prohibited actually is not. So the NICS system actually does more to infringe the rights of the people than to keep them safe by keeping guns out of the hands of bad people. So you need to contact your senators, especially if they're one of the people on the list. I'm going to read you here in just a second. So an excerpt from the article says the NICS Denial Notification Act would open criminal investigations into 100% of background check denials, even though government studies show that 9 out of 10 times these denials are false positives. Did you catch that? Many of you listening to this program right now have been denied on a background check and have no idea why. There's nothing in your past, and I'm going to tell you right now, it happens a lot. Or you got stuck in that decision pending you know, gun buyer's purgatory, I call it, where you're stuck there indefinitely until months later they say, oh, okay, you, you can have it. So this is going to, they're going to actually dedicate resources to opening criminal investigations into 100% of all denials. Let that sink in as we go through. Passage of this language would result in criminal investigations into tens of thousands of innocent law-abiding Americans for the non-crime of being denied a gun purchase by a broken background check system each year. Now, listen to me carefully. Do you know who's in charge of prosecuting those denials? Or 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 look or investigating them? You you understand? That's a federal system. National instant check system. It's a federal system. So it's going to be, and you're going to be investigated by a federal agency. Guess which one? Yeah. Because the worst part about this act of aggression against the people and their rights is that it would authorize what I call the most vile, corrupt, murderous, government-sanctioned criminal organization to ever slither out of the rectum of the federal government, and that would be the ATF. And it would allow them to deputize local police forces to act essentially as adjunct ATF agents and assist in these investigations. Wow. So the ATF is actually reaching its tentacles into many police departments already. This is really going to give them 
a big boost of power. Power they do not need. They are already woefully corrupt. They don't even deserve to exist. They're not a constitutional agency. They should all be fired. Many of them should be in prison and then set fire to every ATF office and building, burn it to the ground, and scatter the ashes to the four winds. And I say that with charity, of course. So you make sure you tell your senators immediately that they don't need to be expanding this broken system. Uh, Again, I say, make sure you put your representatives' numbers and emails in your phone. Now, who's behind all this, you might ask? Well, I'm glad you did ask, because uh, senators from uh, Alaska, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Maine, Oklahoma, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Texas, Vermont, and West Virginia. Think about this. Your senators, if you live in one of those states, they're part of this problem. They're part of they're want they're they're actually proposing this crap and and they're supporting it and sponsoring it. Now here's a list of all those senators who are all for this this investigation into innocent people over false positive NICS denials. Ready? Uh, Senator Christopher Coons in Delaware. Senator John Cornyn, an alleged Republican out of Texas. Tammy Duckworth out of Illinois. And little Marco Rubio. Yes, little Mr. Judas Rubio from Florida. Uh, We're starting to distance ourselves from him we're probably we're thinking about just not claiming him anymore but anyway uh thomas carper a republican allegedly out of delaware james lankford another rhino out of oklahoma amy klobuchar klobuchar what i don't know how to pronounce her name she's a democrat from minnesota susan collins another fake republican from maine senator joe manchin democrat from west virginia Patrick Toomey, Republican from Pennsylvania, and Lindsey Graham, the absolutely faux Republican out of South Carolina, Gene Shaheen, a Democrat out of New Hampshire, Chuck Grassley, an alleged Republican out of Indiana, Patrick Leahy from Vermont, he's a flaming Democrat communist, another well-known flaming Democrat lying deceit-filled communist, Richard Blumenthal, another Democrat from uh, Connecticut, Lisa Murkowski, another fake Republican from Alaska, and Senator Dick the Turban Durbin. A Democrat from Illinois. If any, if it, if this is any of these people are your senators, you get a hold of them today and you give them a good verbal and or scripted lambasting because every one of these slime balls knows good and well that the NICS system is woefully flawed, and yet here they are supporting this trash. And I'm going to prove to you in a few minutes that they knew good and well that the NICS system is broken. All right, stand by. But again, once again, I want to give you a reminder. Do not assume that this act of criminal aggression against your rights and my rights is the product of ignorant minds because it isn't. All of the supporters of this act are either willfully complicit or too ignorant to hold their office and neither one is acceptable. But again, I say they're not ignorant. So, 
The article continues. Said, of the few legitimate cases brought by the government each year, a government accountability office study revealed that prosecutors have a difficult time even prosecuting these cases due to a lack of evidence because these cases are not what they quote, not appealing to judges and juries from a, a, public, a public safety standpoint and even have incurred jury nullification on occasion. Good. Further, state police reported that it was more important to keep officers on traffic duty than to recover firearms potentially transferred after three business days to a prohibited person who underwent a background check. And what they're referring to there is, in most states, if, if, uh, if they don't get word back that there's a, an explicit denial, then the FFL dealer can transfer the firearm after three days, even after there's a conditional non-approval, Okay. Now, people who willingly submit to background checks are not dangerous criminals, the article continues, and amen, they're not. Instead, dangerous criminals overwhelmingly choose to obtain their firearms illegally. Yep, that's first chapter in the book of Duh for anybody with a brain. Now, I, I contacted little Marco Rubio, that little Judas that assisted in trashing the rights of Floridians before he went to Washington to help trash things there. Uh, he claims he represents Florida. He doesn't. And something tells me that I'm going to receive his usual canned response, thanking me for my correspondence and then dismissing outright my concerns by explaining to me how his ideas are best for me and everybody else. Uh, but thanks for the correspondence. Thanks for being involved in the process, Mr. Bartlett. Mm hmm. So I want to, like I said earlier, every one of these guys knows that the NICS system is broken because there's a government accounting office report that went to Congress that revealed the high error rate. And it also revealed the corresponding minuscule prosecution and conviction rate. I'm going to tell you something, people. I've seen cops I work at I work at a gun retailer. I have seen several cops denied outright. Yes, even police officers in their uniform denied outright or put in that decision pending status. So please tell me how accurate this system is. Matter of fact, there was a California sheriff named John Lopey who has still has no idea why that he was denied a gun purchase by NICS. We're talking about, about a man who carries a gun for a living. Okay. Yeah. A sworn officer of the law denied. You understand there's elderly people that are denied uh, a firearm purchase because of something that happened when they were 18 years old. Veterans even denied because of something they had uh, some youthful indiscretion. Matter of fact, I know a, a, a former Marine. Well, I know you don't call him former. Uh, he he's uh, I think he's still employed by a um, a military contractor. And this man puts himself in harm's way for a living with a firearm. And he's constantly having to use a firearm to defend himself and his buddies. And. Or at least he was until Joe Biden created that debacle in Afghanistan. But anyway, I remember, remember back in 2011, 
he came in to purchase a firearm. And we actually had it transferred to my store. That's when I owned a store. And it came back flat out denied. And he was like, are you kidding me? I said, I'm not kidding you, Mike. I'm not telling you his last name. I slipped up there. Anyway, he said, I'm not kidding you. He says, seriously, they denied it. I said, Mike, I'm telling you, they they denied it. He says, I have no idea why they possibly would have denied me. And so I contacted FDLE and they said, well, it's something from, from back in California. So I said, Mike, anything happened back in California? He says, the only thing ever happened to me as far as having a brush with the law was a disturbing the peace charge because I was having an argument with my girlfriend at the time and someone called the cops. It was diffused. They tried to charge me with disturbing the peace and then they even dropped the charges. There was no criminal violence or anything like that in his past. And just based on that alone, they tried to tell this man who fought for his country, put his life on the line, that no, you can't have a firearm. You understand now what I'm talking about? When we talk, when, when we say this bill is going to open up, if it passes, it's going to open up uh, investigate criminal investigations into 100% of these denials. This is why you need to contact your senators, your representatives, your state legislator, not your state, but your, your state representatives that go to Washington. You need to contact them today. You find out how to get a hold of them. You send them an email and you tell them flat out, we do not want this NICS uh, investigations bill. Let me see. Let me back up and find the number for you. It's uh, Senate Bill 675. Senate Bill 675. It's called the NICS Denial Notification Act of 2021. You let them know that this is a big, huge, steaming pile of infringement and that you're not going to tolerate it. And if they vote for this thing, that you're, that you're going to hold them accountable. You let them have it. You remind them that they work for you and not vice versa. Let's take a little break now. Let's hear from my friends out at WJS Guns in Merritt Island. My buddies out at WJS Guns in Merritt Island, Bill Stasak and Dalton and Troy and the gang out there do a fine job taking care of all their customers, including law enforcement officers who want to buy blue label firearms. He's a blue label dealer for multiple manufacturers. Also, very female friendly. They do a great job serving all of their customers. They will get you squared away and well regulated in your Second Amendment rights. He offers handguns, long guns, a great selection of 1791 gun leather brand holsters, also body armor, uh, ammunition, uh, magazines. What are you looking for? Bill's got you covered out there at WJS Guns. Check him out at WJSGuns.com. If you want to do some fishing, he's got you covered with fishing tackle. Bill is a total outdoor store, WJSGuns.com. Check them out there. Do make sure you tell them you heard about them on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. All right, one more article. One more article for this episode of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. California. Oh, my goodness. These, these communists in California are so utterly ingenious with the things they come up with to try to reach their tentacles into the lives and homes of law-abiding gun owners. I tell you what, they, they just come up with all. I think they, they just sit around and create think tanks to come up with ingenious ways, or ingenious to them, to try to disarm the Americans out there in California. 
This is an article by Cam Edwards. It says California bill would require parents to notify schools of guns in the home. Yeah, some of you, some of you out there right now are, yeah, y'all can pound sand. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. Mr. Edwards says, honestly, with all the gun control laws that are already on the books in California, you would think the Democrats in Sacramento would have run out of ways to infringe on the right to keep and bear arms by now. (laughs) Yeah, hardly. But the anti-gun left can get pretty creative when it comes to violating our constitutional rights. And a new proposal in the California Senate promises to intrude not just on our Second Amendment rights, but our Fourth Amendment rights as well. Senate Bill 906, authored by longtime anti-rights politician Anthony Portantino, would compel parents of K-12 through students to inform their local schools whether or not they own firearms, as well as how those schools, I mean, I'm sorry, how those guns are stored in the home. Wow. Commencing with the uh, 2023 to 2024 school year, well, wait a minute. Why are you going to wait that long? If this bill is so important that you need to get into the lives and and into the homes and and get into the privacy of law-abiding gun owners in California, how is it that you want to hold this off until the 2023-2024 school year? Why wouldn't you go ahead and do it now? And each school year thereafter, a local educational agency shall do both of the following using the model content developed by the department pursuant to section 49391. Number one, require the parents or guardians of a pupil to disclose on a form used to enroll and register or register a a pupil for the school year, whether any firearms are located at the home of the pupil, and if so, to answer questions about the ownership storage, and accessibility by the pupil of the firearms. Okay, and what if they refuse? What you going to do? Tell them their kid can't come to school there? Why? In other words, if you don't relinquish some of your right to your personal privacy to us, we're going to punish you by not allowing your child to come to school here. All right, fine. Well, then he'll go ahead and school online. Nope. Nope. You ain't doing nothing either. He can't enroll here at all. Not even for online classes. Hmm. Secondly, it would include in the annual notification required pursuant to Section 48980 information relating to the safe storage of firearms. In addition to the annual notification, the local educational agency may include information relating to the safe storage of firearms on the disclosure form described in paragraph one of subdivision A. Portantino is pointing to the school shooting in Oxford, Michigan as his justification for the bill, telling a reporter from the website LAist that, as we saw in Michigan, a school was notified of a credible threat and then hesitated to take action, and that led to tragic results. Okay, really? Uh, Here we go. Remember I said, none of the stuff these guys do makes sense, and if you read between the lines, you can tell they're full of crap. Uh, Since the school hesitated in Michigan to take action, Mr. Portantino, you, you see that as justification to create a law that requires parents to relinquish their right to privacy 
and imperils their right to keep and bear arms under the penalty of the state not allowing their kids to attend school. That's what you're doing. Um, wouldn't this be... Wouldn't a better law in line with what happened there be that the school should be required to take better notice to, to, to uh, take better notice and, and, and give notice instead of hesitate? You said a school was notified of a credible threat and then hesitated to take action. This is the school's fault. Why are you blaming the parents? Or, or is it that you say that the parents of that little scumbag that shot up that school in Michigan are representative of all law-abiding gun owners? That's what that's really what you're saying. Yeah. What this what Mr. Porentino is Portentino or whatever his name is is essentially alleging is that the mere presence of a gun in the home is a credible threat of a potential school shooting. That's the implication. Well, let me ask you this. Um, what if parents purchase a gun during the school year after they've already enrolled their kid? Hmm? You know, after the disclosure requirement is passed. I mean, Mr. Portentino, he claims his bill is predicated on the school shooting in Michigan, but, well, that's exactly what happened in that case. The parents bought the gun during the school year. Does Portentino the Pinko, I've nicknamed him, really believe that the parents who illegally own guns are going to disclose that when they enroll their kids in school, huh? You really think the gangbangers and stuff dropping their kids off are going to, yeah, okay, I'll fill that for them. Yeah, man, I, I own guns. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I use them to protect my stash back at home, my stash and my cash. Yeah, I, I, I got a Glock 19. Yeah, huh? It, it, no, I, I keep it in my waistband. See, you know, yeah, that's what you get. They're not going to abide by this. Only the law-abiding citizens would. This isn't the first time that the communist-occupied territory of California has created another tentacle of their anti-rights intelligence network to be used against gun owners. They've done this more than once. Back in September of 2021, I think it was around the 23rd or 24th, if I remember correctly, because it was right around my birthday, a law went into effect that essentially allows personal information of gun owners in the state repository to be shared with the California Firearm Violence Research Center at UC Davis. A, that's a program that was previously established by the legislature, by the way, with, quote unquote, with a mission to provide the scientific evidence on which sound firearm violence prevention policies, let me translate that for you, more gun control laws, can be based. Why? Since when were the lawful gun owners of California the causes of gun violence? Uh, again, this is a dodge. Don't you think that they've actually, that they created this um, and established this, this firearm violence research center at UC Davis? I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, I, I, I haven't got the proof for this yet. Every time, but every time they create one of these fronts, moms demand action and, uh, mo um, uh, Every time for gun safety and Giffords group and all this, stuff, I firmly believe, and I'm going to do some research on it and I'm going to find out if it's true or not. And then also this little study, I believe these are fronts for siphoning money off of the American people and being used in an attempt to disarm us. Mm -hmm. 
That's really all this is, if you ask me. The, the law also, that law from, from September in 2021, it also allows their personal information to be distributed to, at the DOJ's discretion, quote, any other nonprofit bona fide research institution accredited by the United States Department of Education or the Council for Higher Education Accreditation. In other words, anybody that has accreditation can now receive the information of every gun owner in California. Let that sink in. Like I said, it's just another scheme, this bill, to gather intelligence on lawful gun owners. Nothing more. Make no mistake about it. That's all this is. Contact your senators. Contact your representatives. All of you in California listening, first of all, thank you. Now clean up your state. Those of you in, in Rhode Island Clean up your state. Make sure you let your let those 10 communists up there in your state legislature have it. Tell them all about what you think about those laws they're proposing. Us here in Florida, let's let Marco Rubio have it about that NICS bill that he's talking about the where they're going to open an investi- criminal investigations into 100% of the people denied by NICS. People, let's get mad and let's get active. The system will not work if we sit home on our butts and don't do a darn thing. I know I've been saying this a lot lately. I'm going to keep saying it because not not enough of you are active. It's disgusting. This is a government of, by, and for the people. I know I'm repeating myself. It's of, by, and for the people, not of, by, and for the elected officials. It's for us. And if we're not taking an interest in them, I guarantee blame to you, they're taking an interest in us. They are involved in our lives. Let's get involved in their lives and let's be involved in the process. Don't tell me the system doesn't work if you're not in it. Again, I say again, don't tell me that you'll pick up a gun to defend your freedom and defend the land against a rogue government when you can't even take the stinking time to pick up your phone and get involved with your representatives, the one that allegedly represents you. Special thanks to all the sponsors of this podcast. You can find the links to their websites in the info section, the information section of each episode there on my website. And so make sure you uh, shop their uh, their stores, shop their services, check them out at least, and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Well, that's all for this episode. Remember, get involved, keep your gun loaded, Keep it on your person. Keep your head on a swivel. And again, you know what I'm going to say, right? Incoming rounds always have the right of way. Royce out. So turn it on.